Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcroft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Live Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, an evening where we are set to talk about another movie. And while typically I have Father Mike Ritter with me, he is a priest, he is a busy man, so I was unable to have him in studio with me today. But I do have my pinch hitter ready to go, (laughs) Chris Seibert from Carmichael, California, a recent resident of Carmichael, California. So, Chris, great to have you with me another evening. Uh, just in case there are any Dodger fans out there, I'm the Kiki Hernandez of the okay. um, show. Um, <laughs> okay. That may it. or may not uh, excite people, but <laughs> Joe, it's really good to be back again. Um, I do not try to uh, fill the shoes of one Father Mike Ritter. However, um, I will do my best to uh, at least lace them up a little bit. Well, very good, Chris. I do appreciate you joining me this evening now. Last time you joined me, we were talking about Field of Dreams, one of the all-time classic baseball movies, right? Well, this evening we are set to talk about Rudy, which even if you're not a Notre Dame football fan, I think really has become a classic. Now, our timing in talking about this movie probably couldn't be better, Um, not only because Notre Dame is highly ranked, but I found out last night it kind of had escaped me that uh, Notre Dame, or rather Rudy, uh, the movie Rudy came out in 1993. So 2018 makes it its uh, 25-year anniversary. So not only is Notre Dame highly ranked, but we are also celebrating an anniversary of sorts. So (laughs) there you have it. Yes. And on top of that, Joe, that's the last time that Notre Dame was uh, uh, in the national championship uh, picture in 1993. So that's a pretty good uh, illusion as well. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you mean they weren't a few years ago? I guess not. I guess they tailed off. Yeah. So, Chris, yeah. before we jump into this movie, I think there's a very important question that I need to ask you. Certainly, it's a question that has come up in the Holcraft abode. <laughs> and that is, when you see Sean Astin, do you think of Rudy or mm-hmm. Sam Wise from Lord of the Rings? Well, it's, it's definitely Rudy, and it, and it goes to the concept which you talk on this show a lot about is origin, Joe. Uh-huh. His, his origin is in Rudy. Uh, later on, he, he transformed into Samwise, but the uh, you know, original innocence, original creation, his origin is in Rudy. Okay, so now if I had two of my sister-in-laws next to me, <laughs> this radio discussion would turn into an argument, but I'm with you, actually, right. Chris. I'm with you. I'm going to get myself... Which they would win, of course. <laughs> <They'd> win <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get myself in trouble for saying that, but I am with you. Um, once you put origin into the conversation, it certainly changes. Right. All right, yep. Chris, for our listening audience who might not be familiar with the story, uh, maybe a snapshot of what this is about. Rudy is based upon a true story about a young man from Indiana who had dreams of playing football for Notre Dame at the youngest of ages, of course. Uh, One of 14 children. And you know, I didn't know that. The movie certainly depicted Mm -hmm. him being one of many kids, but 14 children, that really struck me. Um, Mm -hmm. And being one of 14, as I'm one of 11, I can appreciate that he was an Irish Catholic family of little means. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Who grew up dreaming of one day playing football for Notre Dame as he watched the Notre Dame games alongside of his dad. 
And so from, again, a young age, Rudy was told that he was too small, he was not smart enough, he was not athletic enough to play for Notre Dame. But of course, this really, Chris, is what accentuates this movie really all throughout the, the narrative. Rudy dreamed of playing football for Notre Dame, overcoming all of his obstacles. And so ultimately in the movie, it was after his best friend Pete, who I know we'll talk about, died, that he decided to pack his bags, literally speaking, to follow his dream and, and play for Notre Dame football. And so after overcoming one obstacle after another, which of course included getting enrolled into Notre Dame, did he get his chance to be a walk-on and ultimately, as highlighted by the movie, actually get to not only dress but play in the final game of his senior year. So, Chris, in our pregame huddle, if you will, in our pretext huddle for you and I <laughs> and brief conversation, there were a number of strands, at least two, that stood out to you as it relates to this movie. I had a few myself. The one that was the same or similar was this whole idea of the importance of dreaming and, and following a dream. Yes, Joe. Uh, it really struck me viewing this movie again. Um, the... Um, the way that the movie speaks about dreams, in particular, um, the uh, the perspective of the father mm. and the perspective of Rudy's best friend Pete. Um, mm. Pete is one who um, uh, attempts to to um, uh, stoke the fires, if you will, of Rudy's dream and and believes in what uh, uh, Rudy is trying to do and and. Uh, you know, uh, builds up. Whereas um, the father, though he is a, a loving father to all of his children, he is an anti-dream uh, uh, a character. He, he he wants Rudy to be uh, practical and to quash any uh, um, belief about his ability to, to you know, chase this dream. Uh, yeah. it, it seems so impossible. So, um the the two being kind of juxtaposed was it was a really interesting um, perspective for me on the nature of dream um, you know how we how we go about fulfilling the dream or or chasing it and 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 how you know sometimes we we make it because or we don't make it because mm. of of people in our lives mm. yeah every success story I think Chris has a dream T S Eliot once said only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. And I think when you put this discussion within that context, inside of that word willingness is where you discover, I think, the beauty of the dream. Uh, I, I like how you spoke to that, Chris, as it relates to Pete and, and his dad, because there you have the adversary and the advocate. And what's interesting about your observation was how close it was to mine but through two other personalities yeah. in this movie, both of which were priests. One of the more striking scenes for me early on in the movie was his teacher, a Catholic priest, makes fun of him in class for not knowing the answers to civics questions during class discussion. And the priest takes his book and slams it down on Rudy's desk. And he says, mm -hmm. you see, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers are usually not doers. When it comes to actually doing what they need to do, they fall short. And incredibly, the teacher, this priest, who would later also not allow him on the bus to visit Notre Dame, right, when he was a senior high school, mm -hmm. also right. announces to the class that Rudy is failing civics class because he is just a dreamer and not a doer. 
the irony here, of course, is the movie was made because a man was more of a doer than, than most. And he was a yes. doer because he followed his dream. He chased his dream. He was willing to, to go as far as he could possibly go to then realize that he could go where he dreamed he wanted to go. And I think that's right. really what Chase and Dream is all about and, and what I love about this movie and why it really is inspiring. Yes, and this desire, Joe, uh, that's, that lies within us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm. Um, that comes to us in many ways throughout our lives. Of course, the preeminent one is that we want to be a part of, of God who created us. Uh, that's the ultimate uh, you know, part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm. But I think we have this yearning within ourselves um, for this reality, um, and, it's, and, it, and it speaks to something very elemental um, with, within the way that God created us. You know, He mm. made that space for us to desire and to yearn for something greater than ourselves right from the beginning. Yeah, um, amen. And it's really interesting, Joe, you mentioned the Father Kavanaugh versus the, uh, the civics teacher. Um, you know, the importance of dreams in Rudy starts right away. Um, you know, <laughs> that was something that I noted. Um, just as he sits down in the living room uh, with his family um, to, to have dinner and his dad's sitting there and, and you know, he says, when I grow up, I'm going to play football at Notre Dame. Not only is it um, discouraged, it is laughed at, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. by brothers, by, by, by even his dad. <laughs> um, but the laughter does not impede him. Um, mm -hmm. You can see uh, there's, there's, there's such a resolution <laughs> in little Rudy's face. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, uh, that, again, like you say, he is a dreamer, but even maybe more so he's a doer because he's, he's willing to put action behind this vision um, uh, of being part of something that is, is larger than himself. Uh, very, very powerful. Um, and, then, and then to juxtapose again, you know, you have these, these two really um, kind of iconic scenes for me, Joe, about the dream. Uh, Pete. They're celebrating Rudy's birthday. I think it's his 22nd birthday, and they're working in the yeah, uh, yeah, it was. in the steel mine. Okay, <laughs> four years have gone yeah. by too fast, Pete. <laughs> it, it's going by too fast, Pete. You know, yeah. he's feeling a little, he's feeling like, man, I gotta get I gotta get to this uh, this dream, right? Yeah, that's right. I gotta get that's to right. this reality. So um, Pete says, as he places his his candle in the uh, the little uh, ho ho uh, cupcake <laughs> for his birthday. He says, well, you know what my old man says, that having dreams is what makes life tolerable. Mm. <laughs> so Amen. juxtaposing that with uh, the, the next scene at the, at the Greyhound um, bus station, the, the dad says, um, chasing a stupid dream only mm. brings hardship and heartache mm. to all of those around you. And I thought, wow, what a, um, you know, again, <laughs> it's Father Kavanaugh, it's a civics teacher, it's the father, it's, it's Pete, but it's competing perspectives. Yeah. And it made me think about, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of dreamers in Scripture, right, Joe? Um, oh, of course. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are named Joseph, and of course, yep. Joseph are <laughs> primary, the primary dreamers, <laughs> yeah. both Joseph yeah. in the Old and New Testament. And I thought, gosh, you know, same thing the same thing is going on. You know, you're going to have people that say, yes, let me encourage you. Let me help you. You know, uh, 
let me let me uh, build you up. And there's going to be those who who tear down and attempt to um, actually destroy the bridge to that dream. Yeah. So you have the adversary and the advocate, and then you have the one who's discouraging, yeah. and then the one who's encouraging. And and to yeah. set this up, maybe even a little more, Chris, we've talked about Pete, his father, and to some degree, this civics teacher. The real salient moment, really better setting counter between Rudy and Father Kavanaugh's when he first arrived at Notre Dame, right? Yeah. And, and he arrives, mm-hmm. and, and he thinks he's been called to the priesthood. Father Kavanaugh <laughs> thinks Rudy's been called to the yeah. priesthood, and Rudy says, no offense, Father, <laughs> but mm-hmm. my dream is not to be a priest, although I appreciate that, he said. My dream is to play football for Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. did he shut him down? No, he listened. And after, mm-hmm. Rudy gives a very moving speech about everyone telling him he's, he's too small, he's not smart enough, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Does he say, okay. Okay, I'll give you one shot, buddy. <laughs> I'll get you into Holy Cross, and if you do well, I'll get you another semester at Holy Cross, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. We'll see where it goes yeah. from there. And yeah. I love uh, the encounter when Father Kavanaugh meets Rudy inside the Basilica. He's in his last semester at Holy Cross, and he's not sure if he's going to get into Notre Dame, and if he doesn't get into Notre Dame, of course, he can't walk onto the football field. So um, mm-hmm. he has this conversation, <laughs> and Father Kavanaugh says, my friend, there are two incontrovertible facts. <laughs> there is a God, and I am not him. So turn to that God and let him lead you and guide you. And no matter what happens, you are a better person because of it. I just really appreciated that encounter because it was another very tender moment where uh, this priest leaves the company of two other priests to spend time with Rudy. And so right. you, you really do have an important comparison to be made between just not Pete and Rudy's father, but also this civics teacher and Father Kavanaugh. And if this program is punctuated by anything, Chris, it is the importance of not discouraging, not shutting down, not being an adversary, but encouraging, lifting up, you said build up, yeah. Uh, yeah. being an advocate, and to really mm-hmm. stand for someone. That, that stood out to me on the other side. You know, how many times, Chris... I mean, you're a counselor, right? The right. very word counselor means advocate. How many times has someone come to you? How many times I say to myself, has someone come to me and sought my advice on a particular dream? Uh, as a counselor at a high school, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, young men, young women who are, well, young men, right? Jesuit high, who are I'm dreaming. Only, yeah, I'm only working with the male persuasion at yeah, Jesuit yeah. high school. Yeah. <laughs> the male persuasion. I mean, how many young men do you get? who come to you with their dreams and how important it is for you to, to build up, to encourage, yeah. to, to be yeah. their advocate. Yes, Joe, and it seems funny when you say, you know, don't let anybody call you counselor. That's what I want to say because that is a pretty uh, lofty <laughs> word, right, yeah, to be yeah, a counselor. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, in, the, uh, in the process of, of going through um, you know, the high school experience with these young men from ninth to 12th grade, there are a lot of dreams that come through. And, and of course, some dreams um, can be tempered. I mean, I don't want people to, to get the uh, uh, sense that we're saying, hey, follow whatever dream comes to you. I mean, there, there does have to be some discernment, right, um, in that. But, um, I mean, for instance, when we, look at, when we look at Rudy, even if he hadn't gotten to play at at um, Notre Dame or even become a student, he had an experience that helped him to mature and to grow. So I think, you know, when I look at um, Rudy, because I did this this time, I said, what if, okay, you know, what if, uh, you know, he hadn't actually 
gotten to the finish line. Yeah. Even the process sometimes, the journey of yearning for the dream can get us to places where God will work with us. Um, and, uh, you know, so I see dreams. I mean, I, I was sitting there thinking about that, um, that scene in the, in the beautiful Basilica at Notre Dame. If anybody has ever been there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Just a, a, a gorgeous tabernacle and, mm. and, and you're caught up in the beauty of the liturgy when you're in yes. that building, Amen. that, in that yeah. structure for sure. But Joe, dreams are like, um, you know, the stained glass window, our dreams mm. sometimes are what are the light for those stained glass windows. We ourselves, of course, are the stained glass windows, but we need something to light up um, and to animate mm. who we are um, as people, uh, you know, and, and, and our human condition dreams oftentimes, of course, you know, the ones that are visions that are placed there by, by God um, they can be the light that, that uh, shines through and, and kind of brings beauty to life, right? Brings yeah, beauty amen. to, the, to the, uh, um, the window, the same stained glass window, who is, you know, that's, that's us. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, St. Augustine, who was a great writer on uh, imagination, imagination is one of the great faculties mm-hmm. of the soul, also talked about dreams and the importance of dreaming. And he said that yeah. to fail to dream is to fail to redeem the gift of time, right? Mm. That we have been given a gift, and that gift is time. And uh, we've been given this gift so as to follow what God has put into both mind and heart, and in mind, in our imaginations, that we might fulfill what God has put there. As a faculty of the soul, it is a means by which we increase in faith and ultimately find ourselves going deeper in God and deeper in our journey uh, in God. So very, very important, I mean, to talk about yearning, Chris, to talk about desire, is really to get to the heart of the gospel. You know, the first grace is the grace of desire, right? And it's yeah. put there by God. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila once spoke of the wounded ache when she was not with God, when, when she was not chasing her dream of being with God in all things. She was living in this kind of wounded ache. And the wounded ache was, well, you know, that that ache we all feel when we're not with our beloved, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Christ was her beloved, and if she wasn't chasing Christ, chasing that dream, following his path, then she lived in this wounded ache, <laughs> because yeah. in the end, that's, she knew that's all that would fulfill her deepest desires. And, you know, to speak of St. Augustine too, Chris, how can we not speak to his greatest line, my heart is restless until it rests in thee. Our mm-hmm. deepest desires will not be fulfilled until ultimately we find ourselves abiding in Christ. All right, before we run out of time, Chris, I did want to touch upon one other aspect of this movie and how this movie speaks to that all-important word, tradition. Tradition. Tradition can be defined in many ways, but I think at the heart of it, it's conversation with the past. Mm-hmm. Now, Notre Dame, and yeah, Notre Dame football, I think very much embodies this understanding of tradition, conversation with the past, right? Rudy itself and this movie has been so successful because so many people are tied to this history. And as they're tied to this history, they want to have a conversation with, well, their past as, as they might identify with just not Notre Dame football or, or but, but being Catholic too, right? So this whole idea of tradition, of conversing with the past, you talked about memory, Chris, you, you mentioned the word experience. Well, tradition is memory, and, and memory enriches experience, right? So 
I think this movie communicates something on so many different levels, and one of those certainly is this conversation that we have within ourselves. You know, you told me you watched this movie, what, 13 times? <laughs> or yeah, about, yeah right? I pulled a number out. It might <laughs> yeah. be more. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> well, let's see. The movie came out in 1993. It's been out then for 25 years. I don't know if I've watched it yeah, every year, but again, it's a pretty annual tradition in our home. So right. uh, maybe 20 times. And each time I'm having a different conversation with my own past, having a different conversation mm-hmm. with, with my own experience of being a whole craft, being raised and rooting for Notre Dame. But as it communicates this to me, and I think to you, Chris, and all those who watch it, when we take a step back and appreciate that it's communicating this conversation, I think it really gives impetus to something even greater. Because last night, there I was watching the movie for, you know, 21st, 22nd, whatever it was time, yeah, having yeah. a different conversation with little Joey when he was 11 years old that I have not had in a very long time, right? Right. But a conversation right. inside of my own heart with Jesus Christ that I needed to have based upon being a father of four kids, my oldest now being a teenager, which I'm still not sure what to do Unreal. with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and he was watching the movie with me, so I found myself having this conversation with God as he was now taken in this movie the same way I did. I'm 43 years old, so you know the first time I watched this movie wasn't too distant when he watched the movie yeah. last night. So again, this whole topic of tradition, I think, moves many of our listeners, um, especially when you put it, Chris, in the context of conversation, memory, and how memory enriches our experience of one another, but also experience of God. So many different scenes in this movie were uh, communicating all things concerning God, the stuff of God, and for that, yeah. it's worth watching. Another thing we yearn for, Joe, is timelessness, right? Mm. So I'm watching the movie, and you know, right at the beginning, it's one of the most memory-laden beginnings or intros to a movie I can remember because it's the drums pounding, you know, the, the marching band. Oh, yeah. And what do you hear? You hear, here come the Irish, here come the Irish. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just right now recounting it and it's like the the uh you know they talk about this this uh, something called mystique mystique just means conversation with tradition you know you said yeah, tradition is a conversation with the past mystique is just living the tradition mm-hmm. and isn't that what we're called to do that's yes. why I, I mean i've always been so drawn to notre dame because it brings together faith and athletics in a way that is very singular very unique in my own experience. Mm, and so, mm. you know, when I, when I, why do I get goosebumps just thinking about Notre Dame football and all of the, cause it's, it, it's a strand that runs throughout my childhood, throughout my adulthood, throughout my, you know, my children's childhood and now adulthood. And, you know, uh, I'm sure their children, it's, it is a conversation with the past and it's just a, it's being present to that, what you just talked about with St. Augustine to this, you know, this, you know, full of, of meaning, moment, and image, and, and imagination. Yeah, it goes back to the, the redeeming time, you know, when, yes. when we are having that conversation with the past, and you enter into yeah. that timelessness, you're entering into a space that God can speak to you. Yeah, and, and remember that communication is about 25-30% words, mm. and much more so encounter right yeah, <laughs> encounter itself yeah. is a communication yep and you know um 
I think that's where the, the goosebumps and the and the uh, you know the heavy sighs and the and the closing of the eyes and just picturing things is is a is a conversation as well. And I think Joe, you used the term. You and Father Mike used the term theodrama, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And yep. Mm-hmm. That is exactly kind of my encounter <laughs> of of this movie is because it it, it is it's the drama of life. Um, mm. And it's the and it's the unveiling of you know our purpose uh, through God uh, you know that theodrama. Yeah, well, it's the words of Hansers von Balthasar, and he says the theodrama is not so much the the play or movie that you write, direct, produce, or star in, but the one that God writes, produced, directs, mm-hmm. and stars in. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> the theodrama then is placing God at the center and allowing God to speak to you in a very powerful way. Jesus Christ entered into human history, and as he did, he revealed to man his full potential. And now it's just a matter of allowing God to speak to us, and certainly movies have a way of doing that. When you're done watching a movie like Rudy, in very plain terms, Chris, it's inspiring. And so it inspires you not just to go out and run five miles, (laughs) but to become, to cue the phrase from Matthew Kelly, the best version of who God is calling you to become, ultimately. Yep. And I think that's kind of the end goal of what this, you know, Seeds of Truth movie project is all about, to have those necessary discussions to stimulate conversation that might have us thinking more critically about who we are and where we're going. And Joe, I just want to um, say I'm thankful for our advocates, <laughs> yes. those in our Amen. lives that are Amen. encouragers. And also for the saints themselves, uh, because we know, um, we know as, as Catholics, we have a whole army of advocates that are cheering us to heaven. So, Amen. Um, Amen. Thank you to them. St. <laughs> Augustine and St. Uh, Teresa of Avila, pray for us. Pray for us. <clears throat> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.